Welcome to St James Bible Bites. This podcast was recorded live at our Sunday morning service. The talk is by the Reverend David Wilkie, entitled Be Strong. The power is the gospel. The readings are taken from Luke 1, verses 67 to 79, and Romans 16, verses 25 to 27. You can watch the whole service on our Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel, both linked on our website. First reading is from Luke 1, verse 67 to 79. Zechariah's son. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness, and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the second reading is taken from Romans 16, verses 25 to 27, reading from the New International Version. Now, to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all Gentiles might come to obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know, but I think most of you do. I'm the curate here. My name's Dave, and it's lovely to see you all. Um, let's just pray. God, speak to us this morning. Whether it is through carols, through the prayers, or through these words I'm about to say, Lord, would your truth and your light come forth. Would the dawn from on high break upon us this morning. Amen. Amen. So, mysteries hidden for long ages past. So, around 1,500 years before Jesus is born, we have a prophecy from Moses. 
Uh, and he says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Around 700 years later, 700 years before the birth of Christ, Isaiah prophesies, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He later prophesies again, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The child is born fully human and yet is given by God fully divine. Now I love Luke's story of Zachariah because it is just filled with like the vibrancy of people's hopes and fears, of people being caught between faith and doubt, of hope and exhaustion, of you know, you know you can trust God. Yet, I'm not sure I can. And there's this wonderful, wonderful tension in Zachariah's story. It's, it, I love it. Uh, so Zachariah is told of his baby's arrival. And he's, uh, he's a priest. He's about to go in. Oh, he's just gone into the Holy of Holies uh, you know, to do some incense or whatever you do in the, in the temple. And he meets with Angel Gabriel. Now he knows all these prophecies. He knows the tradition he stands within. And he clings onto it with hope. He wants the enemies to be gone. You know, he wants Israel to rise up again above the Romans. And he just wants things to be right again. He, he longs and longs for this. And also he hasn't had a child and he's old. And his wife is old tonight. And he's had all these hopes. He's had all these dreams. And yet he stands there knowing the hope, but yet exhausted. Having the hope but ha- also fearing the future. What does the future hold? And then Gabriel appears to him and says, you will have a son and he will prepare the way for the Lord. And that must have blown his mind. And a, a, a good reaction to that would be like, oh, amazing, let's go. But that's not how he reacts. And this, this, this news of having a baby in your old age isn't unique to Zechariah. It's not unique at all. So in Genesis, we have um, Abraham in his old age saying, well, there's a promise to Abraham and Sarah, and he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great again. Later on, we have Rachel bearing Jacob two sons in her old age, and births of Samson and Samuel, again, miraculous. And so it it happens, this has happened before, and Zechariah knows this. He knows this is how God can work. And yet the angel appears to him and says, you know, you will have a baby boy and he will prepare the way. I love his reaction. His reaction to this is like, who? Me? Really? Can you show me a sign? Are you for real? I mean, that is just such a human reaction. Even though you know it, it still doesn't feel like it could be for me. Is this promise really for me? And I wonder how you, if that resonates with you. It resonates with me deeply. I, I, I love it. Um, uh, we, uh, me and Donna have been married for three years. And we have been trying to 
uh, have a baby for a num you know for those three years we've been trying, and it was getting really hard every month. It was really hard work, and we just didn't think this was going to happen. I may have told you this story before. I'm not sure. And then uh, one day we're in Bristol. We meet with a friend. He's a vicar, and he's praying for us. And he, he lays his hands on us, and you shouldn't do this in a pastoral situation. It's completely insensitive and wrong. But he, he lays his hand on us and says, I think you're going to have a baby girl, and she'll be called Joy. And my wife, my wife's reaction to this news isn't like, oh, wow, really, let's go, that's brilliant. It, she slaps him. She slaps the vicar. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I understand they're going, whoa, this is a sensitive situation. I'm not sure what to make of this. On one hand, how dare you say that? Because what if we don't? You're dashing our hopes. You know, this is a really raw and sensitive moment for us. On the other hand, maybe he's actually just heard from God. Because he's a kind, gentle person. He's very wise. and He wouldn't normally come out with that. Maybe, maybe he's heard from God. Wow. And then a few months later, we conceive. And we can't wait to find out what it is. We get the scan. It's a girl. And immediately we know we're going to call her Joy. And so we have we had a baby girl called Joy. And it's weird. You have these situations that blow your mind. And yet my immediate response is critical. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I'm not sure if this is for me. What are you on about? Are you mad? <laughs> it's not how you do prayer ministry. But sometimes things can catch us off guard and God can do things outside of our normal thoughts and frames of reference. And I know also that that doesn't happen for people. That people do struggle to give, to have children. Some people won't have children. And we live in this reality that actually life is hard, isn't it? Zachariah lived in the reality under Roman oppression having his hopes dashed, having false hopes, false messiahs rise up and then be executed. He lives in this time where it's is so uncertain. And we do as well. In Romans eight nineteen, it says the whole earth is yearning for the children of God to be revealed. The whole earth is yearning for the children of God to be revealed. We are good news. We carry a hope for our community our neighbors, and our world. You see, on one hand, we, we know that Christ will return. We know that Christ has beaten death, that God reigns, that sin has been dealt with. And he's left us with the Holy Spirit here on earth to show people how to live God's kingdom right now, to direct God's, people, God's people's feet into the way of peace, to witness to miracles, prophecies, healings, the world full of grace, hope, love, patience, and peace. It can be fulfilled and it is being fulfilled right now. Revelation shouts out that there will be no more tears. There will be no more tears. We have this hope and we have this knowledge. I'm sure of it. And yet, I daily surround myself with news and disappointment. I can't help it. It's it's hard not to let it soak into your very being. When you look at the news and the casualties of war in Ukraine, the, the global warming, the sea levels rising, the huge uh, migration that threatens how we do things, the oppression and slavery that happens through cheap goods and pleasure at any cost, 
I hear of the uncertainty of the growth of AI and the huge change in the job market and the acceleration of cultural change and the anxieties and mental health crisis faced by our young people. I hear of a broken church, of declining numbers, of abuse, cuts to clergy numbers. I hear about those who unjustly profited from the COVID pandemic as an MP and then those who lost everything during that time. You can't help but feel it, can you? And it can consume you. And it is really hard. The, the total human response is to go, okay, God did amazing things. Maybe he's left the building. Maybe God's left. Maybe he's done some amazing stuff and he's gone. And again and again throughout the Bible, we see this pattern of heroes of faith losing hope and just like, I don't know what to do. And then God appearing to them and said, hey, will you help me? Moses, will you help me save the people of Egypt? And his response isn't, yay, let's go do it. It's, choose someone else. Please, please choose someone else. I'm not sure. That's for me. I can't see what I've done and who I am now. I can't even speak properly. Again and again this happens. And yet God in his grace and his mercy uses us anyway. He loves us. And God knows about the oppression. God knows about what's happening here in this world. And he wants us to be the children of hope. The call of creation yearns for the children of God to be revealed. On a recent uh, podcast I was listening to, so I, I do struggle to sit down and read books, but I can listen to podcasts. And if you're like me, there's so much good material out there. But one I listened to recently was Paul Goodyear. Good, good, Paul, Paula... Gooder. Paula Gooder? Paula Gooder. I don't know. Canon Paul Gooder. <laughs> She's very clever, okay? Uh, you should list her. Uh, she said that hope always springs in the midst of awfulness. The first thing you can do is recognize the awfulness. Well, we have a human desire, don't we, to skip to the happy ending. Let's live in the happy ending. Let's be shiny, happy people holding hands all the time. Yeah, it, it's built on pretense, isn't it? We have to locate ourselves in the office, admit it, see it, and then hope can rise. Hope is on the horizon. Hope is there. But yet we have to live in this world. If we're separate from it, then what is the hope? We can only express the happy ending in the midst of how hard it is for many at this moment. Now, sitting with lament and pain, or being in awfulness, isn't about saying, you know, dragging people into this sorrow of whatever, or, you know, critical thinking all the time. It isn't being that kind of person. But it's, it's admitting that the truth of existence, life today, is hard. Life is difficult. And if we ignore this, then our faith is shallow. But it's to locate and find God within that. John 1 says that light shines in the darkness, and darkness could not overcome it. Hope is our good news. It's our gospel. It's the death. And within death, there is resurrection and life. Where there is darkness, light can overcome it. So no matter how you feel today, no matter how disappointed you might feel, no matter how much you surround yourself with the, the anxieties of our day, 
know that God is not absent. Do you know that heaven, often we think of heaven as a place, you know, up there, separate from us. It's a place for after death. Heaven, a biblical heaven, is the place where God dwells. That is heaven, it's a place where God dwells. And when Jesus was born, when God came as a baby, heaven came to earth. It's where God dwells. God is here. God is not nowhere. God is here. And and the next wonderful thing about the Zachariah story is the shift from muteness to praise. So his response to the angel Gabriel is to say, show me a sign. (laughs) There's a flipping big angel stood in front of you. Show me a sign, anything. Uh... Is, that, is this not enough? <laughs> it's brilliant. But he's, he's, he's clutching a straw. He's like, I, I, need, I need something more from you because I'm filled with all this doubt and I'm not sure. Show me a sign. And so I, I, the brilliant response from Gabriel is to, is to shut his mouth. For nine months during Elizabeth's pregnancy, you will be mute. Like, oh, okay. And what a wonderful... It's like a punishment, but it's also a gift, isn't it? He's to sit there in silence and just dwell on the fact that God is doing something huge here. God is doing something huge. And the people gather around to, you know, to witness, you know, to be there for the birth and then to hear what na- the name's going to be. And when he writes down, his name will be John instead of his name and his father's name. It goes against tradition, but he says his name is John. And then his mouth is open. And in this moment, it's not just like, oh, thank goodness for that. He just bursts out with the Holy Spirit with this incredible song that we heard this morning. And I love that, from muteness to praise. And so often we can feel like that. We are muted. We have turned down the volume of our faith, of our our discipleship, of how we listen to God. We've turned that down and we've turned up the voice of of the world, of our criticalness, of anxiety, of the wars and all that. And we've turned down the good news. And we've gone a bit mute. But then after a while, you know, he breaks forth and said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us. And he goes on. And can you imagine being there in that moment? This man's just been mute for nine months. And he just goes, boom. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. You child will be called the prophet of the Most High. I can't believe he's looking at his baby boy. And you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation. It's just incredible. It's an incredible moment. And again, I wonder what your response would be in that incredible moment. Mine would be, like the people there, is a bit afraid. What is going on? Is the immediate response. It's not, wow, yes, great, let's go. It's, wow. Because it's not ordinary. It's like, go and slap him maybe. What are you doing, man? <laughs> it's, it's out of the ordinary, isn't it? And it's this incredible hope that comes through him. Ah, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. An incredible story I heard recently, to finish with, is um, we met as uh, local uh, ministry leaders from charities and churches. We had breakfast here. Uh, was it week before last or last week? I've lost track of time. We had a bacon roll together there. And it was wonderful. And Sue from the food bank uh, shared an encouraging word. And it was, it was incredible. So 
she says, you know, we, the, at the moment, in our culture, it is worse than during the pandemic, it's worse than during lockdowns, it's the worst she's seen it, the rising cost of food, the cost of living, and, uh, yeah, just how people are, and the amount of food parcels are having to give out again and again and again. She said, you know, that could just tear you down, couldn't it? You could just be like, bah, God is absent. But she says, if you want to see a miracle, come to Taunton Food Bank. We are in the 1% of this, of our nation, food banks, that hasn't had to dip into outside funding to top up the donations given by people of Taunton. 1%. That's incredible, isn't it? There's an increased need, there's a huge need for food and help. And yet the people of Taunton have filled those boxes in the supermarkets. They've given money so that they've not had to go to outside grants and stuff to ask to top up, top that up. And that just blows my mind. We could all just be like, wow. Oh. Then you see the fruit of the Spirit at work here in Taunton through this huge generous giving. It's shifting your gaze, actually seeing and rejoicing in the good news that is here today, that God is actually at work, that he is with us. And it's in the small things. We are all bearers of life. How is the dawn from on high breaking upon you right now? Like, well, how is God at work? And it could be small things. I reckon people see each one of you as like a lighthouse, as a bearer of light. You might not think it of yourself, but the people around you, relatives, neighbours, I bet there are people who see you as a person of light. And you don't even know it. Like, <laughs> me? You are people of light. And it could be small things, saying hello to people, doing something for someone, or just the way that you are. Instead of being beaten and downtrodden, you are bearers of light in this world. So let's expect the unexpected. Let's recognize that the dawn from on high is breaking upon us. God's kingdom is at work here, right now, this Christmas. And that if something crazy like an angel or a word from God does happen, don't run in fear. Just try and bear with it. I think. Maybe for nine months. <laughs> and see how it goes. So let's pray for us again this morning. Thank you, Father, that you, can, that you revealed the mysteries of long ago through Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you are here with us here today. That you have called us to help this world. That you call us to be bearers of light. And help us this Christmas to do this that. Lord, we are vulnerable like you came as a baby. We are vulnerable, we are broken people. Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you fill us with your power? Would you help us to be the children of God that, you are, that we are meant to be? Amen. For more Bible Bite podcasts, simply visit our website www.stjamestaunton.co.uk and click on resources. Thank you for listening and may God be with you today.